I'm Tina Holiday of Sheer Mag, and you're listening to True Philadelphia Podcast with Matt O'Donnell. is the lead singer of the Philadelphia-based hard rock time machine known as Sheer Mag. What makes him so special? Halliday, for one. You listen to a track like this one, The Killer, from their latest album, A Distant Call, and you think you hear an uber-confident female rock star who is all glammed up and perpetually ready to take that perfect Instagram selfie. Tina Halliday does not fit that stereotype, and she is not even trying. A byproduct of her take-me-as-I-am attitude is influencing other young girls to embrace themselves as who they really are. Halliday does this without a hint of shallowness. It also helps that she fronts a tight-as-a-vice band that digs into the blue-collar hard rock popularized by Thin Lizzy, Van Halen, Joan Jett, and Scorpions. I spoke to her in the Sheer Mag practice space in Southwest Philadelphia where a SEPTA train goes by occasionally and where other bands were practicing early that afternoon. You will hear them. Tina Halliday, front woman for Sheer Mag, one of the great up and coming Philadelphia bands, right now on the True Philadelphia podcast. from Sheer Mag. Hello. Hey, what's up? We're in the, the Sheer Mag practice space. This is where we are. And there is another band practicing right mm-hmm. now. And they're playing some fast music. I mean, it's it's thrashing around. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, we came on a lucky day. Usually when I'm in here, I think it's the same time as there's this cover band practicing. It's really god awful, so. I, I prefer this, I think. <laughs> I, uh, I really love your band. This is a real treat for me to meet you and talk about Sheer Mag. I want to tell you how I was tipped off to you guys, because I'm sure everyone has a story. It's not like you're on the cover of Rolling Stone every month. Yeah. 
but maybe that could be in your future. But anyway, I'm talking to John Baisley, a baroness. Mm -hmm. You familiar with them? And I was talking about the Philadelphia music scene, and I'm like, you know, name some bands that you know you like, and he named nothing. It's a shoegazy yeah. band uh, from like I think Kensington, and then he's like, wait, and he runs up into his record collection and he pulls out this seven-inch record, Sheer Mag, and he's like, you gotta listen to this, and he's putting it in my face, and I'm on the train, <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, fine. So I go to Bandcamp. I listened to your latest album, and my initial reaction was, this band sounds like they could have recorded this music yesterday or 1980, and I would have believed either one of those. Mm -hmm. Like, there was massive authenticity. So what's your reaction to my reaction? I mean, that's definitely, it's cool, because, like, the... That record, especially, I feel like it's like slowly moving forward, and people would probably say '70s to, about all the other. Maybe uh, early '80s, but yeah, '70s too. Yep. Uh, about like the, like the seven inches and the maybe the first record, and I mean, there's definitely like a throwback aspect of it. I think it's more just like because we're trying to like be songwriters and write like kind of like catchier songs in this like genre that has kind of like people have like gone so far away from like that like original like rock sound where it's just like okay like verse chorus verse chorus like it's like just so many other things but we're just kind of like going back to the original like I feel like format and like idea of what like rock like in like guitar music was is there a matter of simplicity that's involved with the presentation of the music that's important to you? I think so. I, we, I mean, we try to keep it as simple as possible. We obviously sometimes get a little bit like in, since it's mostly just us recording a lot of the times, things get a little bit like circular and like we get in, in our heads because you don't have like a fresh perspective like sure. saying like, oh, this is what this actually, because you're just so in it. But uh, we yeah we try to keep it as simple as possible I think. So you're the vocalist of the band, you're a woman, mm -hmm. and I kind of feel like that's really not that big of a deal anymore. Am I wrong? I mean it's not a big deal. It's not. I mean it's not a big deal as much as like like it's just such a talking point all the time, which is like fine, and obviously there needs to be a conversation around it, but. It's still like a pain in the ass when you're at a like a venue and your picture is on the wall and they still assume you're the tour manager or the merch person. And When's the like, last time that's happened? Very recently. Like really? it happens all the time. Because it must drive you mad. I mean, I'm just like sometimes I'll just be next to a poster of me and I'll be like, <laughs> it's literally and also I mean I usually my attitude kind of like quells those like assumptions, but you know, there's a, it's just a really like sound guys and like guys who work at venues. Like it's all like a lot, it's changing. Sometimes I'll be like, Oh, this is cool. It's like a lot of different people working here. But so most of the time it's just like the surly, like sound man who definitely didn't listen to your band and has been working there for like, you know, a really long time. And well, you expect someone <laughs> to come in with like a gun belt and you know big leather jacket. And, yeah, and or just like, you know, just doesn't expect it to be me like 
for being the front person of a band, and he's just like, like also just like trying to get people's attention. Like when crews like setting up sound stuff, it's like no one wants to hear me. And I'm always like, uh, like I, uh, do you have like this thing? And they're just like, what? Do you have it's to like, prove yourself over <laughs> and over again? Do you feel? Kind of. I mean, it's just it's so back and forth. Like sometimes everyone's like, if they like know our band and like our band. And we, especially if we like have played there before, and this person has, we've like already done that and proven ourselves to them. We're like, oh, like we really like your band. Like this is awesome. Like I'm glad I worked tonight or whatever. Or it's just like, yeah, it's just like, can I like have a, like I just have to tell you I'm using my own mic or trying to tell you like the vocal effects or. It's just hard to get people to pay attention to you. I feel like people pay more attention to having stereotypes these days. And they're with that awareness, they're trying to to not put things into a box, a box that they expect. Yeah. What do you think about that? <sighs> Sometimes it's just such a male-dominated, like, area. Like, it's either, like, just, like, dudes who've been working at a venue, doing sound, setting up mics, whatever – and have been doing it there for like 10 years or it's like fresh faced like college students who just started working there and they they're actually the worst ones even if it's like women or whoever it's like sometimes they're the worst ones because they need to like they feel like they have to prove themselves sure. and be like kind of like yeah. snippy with you and I'm just like can we just like all do our jobs and be like normal to each other yeah <laughs> That would be nice. <laughs> so you're not from Philadelphia. You are from Long Island. I'm from Long Island. And you and the band all went to SUNY Purchase mm -hmm. for college. And you were fooling around, I guess, with playing in a band. And everyone decided to come to Philadelphia. Why? Well, I moved here uh, in 2009. And I moved here with my other band before this one. Because we all, everybody moved to you know, like Brooklyn, you know, in our that went to our our school. Because that's what everyone did. Right? Yeah, everyone did that. Also, we went to school like thirty minutes from New York City, so it was like very familiar. And a lot of people are from there, around there, because it's a New York State school. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I can't afford to move to New York, and I don't want to like work every second. And I want to like be in a band and like have fun. So I was like, oh, like my friend. He says that he lives in Philly and rents like really cheap. Like we should just all move there and like. That was the primary reason. Yeah, because you're is starting cheap. out a band. <laughs> you don't you don't necessarily make a whole lot of money. Yeah, so rent is cheap. You can just work like part time or f whatever. You could work, but you're just like, yeah, you can afford to live here and not just be like constantly grinding to like exist. Are you glad you came to Philadelphia? I'm glad. How come? I just don't think I would have been able to to do this or I mean Sheer Mag definitely wouldn't have happened. And I don't know. I just feel like it was the right choice and I'm glad that I didn't just move to New York. I feel like I would just be like ha I would just have a really like intense like job that maybe I didn't like and like would be working it all the time because I'm really bad at getting jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so you would have been angry about your job that's not paying you enough to afford your rent, and it would have just clouded everything yeah, too, right? Just like You're going much happier to expensive in bars every weekend, and that's like it, you know. Yeah, I'm happier here. <laughs> well, good. We're glad that you're here. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Sheer Mag. 
for people who never heard your band, do you have like your little elevator speech of what you sound like, or do you just say, go on and listen to it to yourself? Well, mostly when people are like, well, what kind of band is it? And we, I'm just like, rock, rock band. <laughs> like, I'm so bad with genres, and also, like, I kind of hate them. It's stupid. Like, I mean, I obviously have to use them with certain things, but when it gets, like, all specific and, like, I'm just like, what is this? Like, I remember, like, iTunes has, like, the, oh, yeah, <laughs> like the, genres. the genres, and yep. I'm just like, what is acid jazz? It's always, like, the first choice. <laughs> oh, is that, like, it's because it's, it's, the, it's alphabetical, alphabetical order? order. Acid like, jazz. What that is would it? be, I couldn't even think of a band who'd fall into that thing. Huh. But, like, yeah, it's always, like, stuck in my head because alphabetical order. Sure, just, like, yeah. acid jazz is first. But I just, like, I'm not super into, like, ultra-specific. Let me tell you like who that. I hear. I actually wrote a, a couple of them down because, I mean, you're not a tribute band, but you definitely have a lot of influence from the 70s and yeah. 80s. Like, I, I'm, I'm hearing and seeing, like, Scorpions. I know you get a lot of Thin Lizzy, and mm. it's because of the twin guitar things going on. But, you know, I can kind of see that. Uh, like Van Halen, Kiss, ACDC. You ever heard of Aldo Nova? No. Oh, Aldo Nova. He had this guitar that used to shoot laser beams in his videos. It was really cool. But like, I'll definitely I, I just, tell Kyle about that. <laughs> Aldo Nova. But, like, but like when I hear you guys, I, I just hear a band that has all bought in to the same idea. Am I in the right ballpark here? I mean, for sure. A lot of it, like especially the guitar sounds and like, like the feel, I feel like the feel of the songs are, have a lot to do with what Kyle's listening to, and I feel like he'll get more into those like, those like kinds of bands for sure, and like, also like, so much more, and that's like I think a lot of what he's listening to influences the style of the songs. Like they're all recognizably sheer mag songs, I feel like. Sure. Like, we do you have, have a sound, a sound no, but it is influenced by, like, what we're listening to and what's, like, just, like, going on, like, in the moment, like, with us, like, what's just, like, influencing that, like, at, it's just so, like, in that moment, like, what what's going on around us. What was your gateway band when you were a child mm -hmm. and you were just getting into rock and roll? Like, what what record or tape or whatever, however you were listening to albums that back then, what was it? I feel like, um, it's so strange, like, the my, like, relationship with music, because I didn't really have anyone, like, showing me what to like, so I was, like, super, like, like, when I was very young, like, TLC and, like, and, like Notorious B.I.G., like, cassette tapes and, like, like, the first really, like, like, rock band, I guess, cassette tapes I had were, like, Sublime and Green Day or okay. something, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then when I got older, like, I feel like I really, like, developed more, like, because then I was super local in high school. It was, like, local bands because I would want to go out to the shows, and obviously Long Island does not have, like, rural Long Island doesn't have a lot of options for that, so it's, like, lots of emo mm. and just mostly male dumb. Like, I there was, like, maybe one band with a woman in it. Um, and they were just, like, with all the like guy bands all the time but then I got to college and then it was like this whole world opened up because I heard like Otis Redding and like Sam Cooke and just like the greats yeah and I was like okay and like Steely Dan all uh, the time and just all of that so you got into more sophisticated music yeah right and then 
when was it like, oh, I'm going to sing now? Because you I, say you're not musically trained. No, I, I always wanted to sing, but obviously, like, I would just, like, hang out and be, like, in high school and be like, um, I'm here. <laughs> Were you in the back of the class mostly? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so was I. I was, all, I, I was, like, fine, like, no one, like, I obviously had, like, a couple people who were just, like, you're weird, I'm going to make, or, like, maybe, like, I don't know why I'm, like, I feel like with boys, especially if they were, like, I'm attracted to you, but I can't understand it because <laughs> you're fat, so I'm just going to, like, lash out at you, and it's just, like, just leave me alone. Wow. There's nothing, like, Was that I'm a not problem doing, in high school? Not really. I mean, like, mostly I was well-liked, and it was fine because it was such a small High school. If you went to a big one, you think it would be a different story? I think I would have had like a, it would have, I would have like found my crew earlier. But it took me to like 11th grade to find like people in like different grades that we were all like a, like a bunch of weirdos. Mm-hmm. And then we were just like a pack of weirdos like wandering through the town like at 10 at a time, you know. But <laughs> we, we talk about, you know, like what a rock star is supposed to look like. And you know, not many people look like you who are on stage, but a lot of people who probably listen to your music or who could listen to your music do look like you. Mm-hmm. And some people are comfortable with the way they look and others are not. And I feel like you're very comfortable. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, it took me a very long time and it took me a long time to be able to find, also like, there's so many factors in that. Like, it took me a long time to be able to find clothes that made me feel comfortable because they don't make clothes for fat women that like aren't like covered in fuck like mickey mouse and like are like, <laughs> hello kitty yeah it's just like it's either really like frumpy and old person clothes or like like cosplay yeah. outfits and i'm just like i don't want to wear this i used to have to like alter everything i wear like cut it up or like sew something onto it but so i found kind of feel alone that you can't walk into a store and there and there there just literally is no clothes made for you I mean, it's still light. Like, I usually just, like, get most of the things I wear online because they don't have it in the store. It's, like, I never, like, was able to go out and, like, try something on. I mean, it's a little bit better now, but, yeah. But it's funny because my my mom at the shows, she's, like, all these girls were up front and they were dressed just like you. I'm, like, (laughs) it wasn't, like, my idea to, like, wear black and, like, have, like, winged eyeliner, mom. These girls, like... (laughs) <laughs> These people exist. I'm not like a complete original. How uh, neat is like... that, though? That <laughs> you, you look down on the stage and girls look like you. It's cool. I mean, I also, <laughs> I can't take, I'm like, mom, it's just like, it's like when she saw a metal, like a metal, when we play with Power Trip, she was like, they ah. all look like Johnny, who's my brother. He has like <laughs> super long hair and like is like a metal like looking guy. Sure. And she, I was like, yeah, mom, other people exist in the world that, like, don't wear, like, I don't know, outfits from, like, whatever, like, Lane Bryant or, like, uh, like Target. I don't know. It's fine. But, like, yes, we're not, like, me and Johnny are, like, the only people that are not wearing these, like, outfits that you expect everyone to wear or whatever. I guess it's because it's we're from a very, like, straight-laced town where everyone's, like, there's, like, golf courses and wineries and Everyone's wearing, like, polo shirts. Bucolic America. Yeah. So do you think you're putting a dent in the stereotype of what a female singer of a rock band needs to look like or just what a female person needs to look like? 
I mean, obviously, just existing when you're not like a white man in a in that kind of dominated white. I mean, that's the whole world, but just is like inherently political and like you're trying to make a statement, but it's just like what I feel like I'm good at and meant to do. And if that comes with it, then I will gladly like take that responsibility on. Okay. Well, let's talk about politics. I feel like you, you should be a political analyst. <laughs> Can I tell you why? So back in Last year, October of last year. So Bernie Sanders used one of your songs at a rally, mm -hmm. uh, Expect the Bayonet, uh, kind of a forceful political song that you guys sing. And your band released a statement about Bernie Sanders using it, and you said, and again, this is last year. It's in October of last year. Mm -hmm. We believe that he, Sanders, is the best hope in generations for the left and the only viable candidate to beat Trump in 2020. Now, at that time... Joe Biden was like, oh, it's, there's no way he's not going to win the nomination. And that's kind of the way it looks now. But there was a period where everyone was like, it's Bernie's to lose right now. And so why did you guys see that back then? I think that we've all, I mean, we're all fans of him in 2016 as well. And I, it just, we're very, like, a lot of our political ideas come from, like, feeling that the working class of America is being, like, stomped on and and just exploited in general. We all have different political like ideas, but that one is one that we all have in common. And he's the only person talking about it. Like even the conversations that they're having in these debates, not, none of those conversations would be happening if Bernie Sanders wasn't on that stage. Like they wouldn't be talking about Medicare for all or like climate change to the extreme that they are and like just like working families and and racial injustice i feel like he's pushed those conversations so much more and it's not just like i can beat trump no i can beat trump it's like all these problems existed before trump and they're going to exist after and like i, I don't know electing some centrist like person who's like i can get both parties to agree is not like the thing that we need the safe choice. Yeah, and it's not safe. It's like you're not inspiring anyone. Joe Biden, I also feel like that's crazy that his family and his like people around him are letting him. He has dementia, it seems like. <laughs> his brain is like, I don't know, it seems like it's deteriorating before our eyes. Like the, Well, the, I mean, he does have the stuttering thing, which he's talked about. Yeah. And he's been prone to gas. Um, but I, I don't know if he, I mean, he is 77 years old as well. Yeah, it, I mean, it just seems like he's not, like, like, all there within his, like, mind. I mean, it's just, it's it's kind of upsetting. Like, that's what I view when I see him, like, on a stage or, like, talking. It just seems like something is, like, they haven't, and they haven't done the, like, I read that, like, they did all the, like, physical tests, but they didn't do, like, a cognitive recognition test for him, and I just feel like they should. I don't know. Maybe I'm being Apparently, like... they did Bernie <laughs> Sanders in his heart. They wouldn't release his medical records. Yeah. Anymore. I think we're talking too much into politics right now. Let's talk about music All right. again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, uh, I just get... Do you consider so, yourself a political band? Because you sing a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. I and, mean, And you say working class. Like I, I almost feel like there's a, a punk instinct with Sheer Mag. It is. I mean, just mostly because we're a DIY band, and that's like where kind of punk is different from other kinds of music like 
I feel like people are just trying to play at like established established venues and like work with booking agents or whatever. We do do that, but in the beginning, it's like we're booking our own shows and we're playing in people's houses and no one's taking money from the band. They're they're doing it for the love of like music and the scene that they're creating and like that's where we like started playing shows and does the diy thing kind of bleed into what you address in your lyrics and what you sound like of course yeah i mean it's even like in the way that we record we do most of it ourselves and, and it's just it's practical to us because it's like not, I don't know, just like doing things, you're, it's obviously cheaper. You can do it the, the way you want to. You're in, not being influenced by someone else, how you should sound. No one's telling us what to do. No one's telling us when to release our music. We do that ourselves. Like we have our own label. And just, it's just like, it's a little more like work, I guess, but it's just worth it. Because you, I mean, you own your music. <clears throat> a lot of bands these days, look at what Taylor Swift, for example, has gone through with her back catalog. Uh, some of it she you know, apparently can't play anymore. So, you know, you. you that's you don't just have like that a problem. crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, these are her songs. She can't. That's play them like wild to me. Like, why, who, what, how do you. I just don't even understand it. Also, because I don't understand that aspect of the business, you know, because we've never, like, really participated in it. You release seven inches. Are you yeah. a big records person? <clears throat> yeah, we have everything on, on vinyl. Uh, you like the sound? Yeah, I mean, I, we like the sound, and, like, just, like, having that physical thing is nice, and it's not like a, a CD, which I feel like I got, I stopped liking CDs when I lost my entire CD booklet on the bus. <laughs> So I'm, I'm never. How many CDs were in? <laughs> Dude, so many. Like I was so hundreds? upset. <laughs> it was like oh, a wow. huge one. I was like, I never. I like don't think I've bought a CD since then. Uh, but it's just like, it's a nice thing to like have in your home and like like look through them and it's like also like a a cool thing to like hang out with your friends and go yeah. through records and listen to them. I obviously love like listening to music on like my phone and like the internet and all that but it's like it's just just a different thing to like physically like go through it's these more like, like little art yeah when it's presented that way it's, and it's more of a community yeah where you sit around the record play <clears throat> and you share it with other people it's it it's just like it's cool it's a cool thing to have and i just feel like it's like and i, I mean cassette tapes we also make cassette tapes mm -hmm. it's just like a thing that also lasts yeah if you like take good care of it. Yeah, like all these digital things, we have a big solar storm and it's wiped all, all wiped out. <laughs> all the magnetics <laughs> disappear and you'll have the same situation you had on the bus. Yeah. Where's all my digital music? It's all gone. Um, you, you have, when you sing, we know it's you. Mm -hmm. you, you are unique. Um, and to me, you kind of sound like Belinda Carlisle of the Go-Go's on a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> with a leather jacket and a little Joan Jet thrown in. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely an in-your-face kind of thing. What, what, what's, what goes into your mind when, you're, when you first started recording with Sheer Mag? What, what, what did you want to sound like? Uh, I mean, I didn't, like, have a – I wasn't, like – it wasn't a conscious, like, decision, really. 
I was listening to like a lot of like uh, obviously like Thin Lizzy and I was listening to a lot of the Runaways. Yeah, so there's and, uh, Joan Jett. Yeah, yeah, and just like ACDC and Girl School um, mm-hmm. and just like bands like that. But it's I didn't like try to I wasn't it just kind of came out that way. I just it's the way you sound. I was always a like a I also was singing like the first time I was in a, I like weaseled my way into a band in college. It was because I my friend was playing his like a, like organ and he was playing like Sam Cooke songs and I was like I'm gonna sing these with you. But like so it came a lot from like soul music. Oh sorry I'm messing up things. Okay. And. And like a mixture of that and rock music, and then like this band is a little bit more like rock than my old band was like more like soul influenced, but still like a rock band. Uh, the vocals are really high in the mix too. Yeah, for for the new record for sure. The <laughs> the other ones not so much. Well, why was that a choice made? I think it's just the lyrics are so intentional and like. Uh, like there's a story within them that it was important to be able to hear them. A lot of the lyrics talk about your father, who I know is no longer with us, and it's it's out there that you had a very difficult upbringing because he was abusive towards you and your mom. Uh, there's some alcoholism involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I look at you now, you you seem like a kind person who is, I mean, look at us. We're, we didn't know each other 10, 15 minutes ago. Yeah. We're sitting here on your couch talking. But I'm sure that your upbringing did have an impact on you in in ways that you've struggled at times, right? I mean, of course, there's all, like, the... I can go into, like, psychological, like, analyze, like things I've, like, analyzed about myself, just, like, my relationship with men and, like, have, and friendships and just, like everyone around me but I mean I think that one of my the biggest things about like being able to cope with like all that is like I went to I went to a like a counselor like a therapist when I was like after all that happened I was like the only one who didn't refuse to go and my brothers and sisters and I like was a very like emotional child I'm still like an emotional person but to be able to talk to someone about that was like very important and did not feel like isolated and like there was something wrong. I think that's like a huge uh, part of that. And that's I think that's kind of that, a lesson learned right there. Yeah. Is to seek help. I mean, it's just so people get so like worked like so tight about people being like, maybe you should talk to someone. It's not like, I just don't, I never thought it was like shameful. It just seems like logical mm-hmm. to me, like someone that's not involved to listen to you. Like, it's just like it's a very like straightforward transaction. I feel like, like, and most of the time it was people. I feel like we. It wasn't like a high-paid therapist, you know. That I, it was someone who genuinely wanted to help people. Someone who listened. Yeah, it was like a you know, a family counseling center. It's, like, not like we paid... We don't have money to pay for someone, like, some, like, like shrink, like, like therapist or whatever, like, high-paid person to, like, pretend to care about your problems. It was someone who genuinely wanted to help people, so... Is it therapeutic to write lyrics about this? Yeah, I mean, that was always... Has always been, like, a story in the back of my mind that I wanted to write, like, I wanted us to write a song about. 
<clears throat> he just like took. I think it's Matt. You know, Matt like composes the lyrics and like makes the actual like. As much as like maybe the story is mine, and I'll like, especially for that song, I just wrote down like pages and pages of like all the horrible things that happened, and like he was the one who like organizes organizes those, those yeah. thoughts and and writes them out so they can be like first chorus like you know bridge or whatever sure. and so. matt seeley your uh, matt matt palmer matt palmer okay. he's a rhythm guitarist rhythm guitarist rhythm guitarist and how do you come up with stage banter or is it just oh i'm very bad at it <laughs> <I'm> well <laughs> I, I was listening to one uh gig you were doing in new york city and it was in brooklyn mm -hmm. and a snare drum went out in the drum set and you started talking about how you know, in Philadelphia, we're eights, oh. but in New York City, we're fours. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what my did you God. Mean by that? Oh, my God. Uh, that was actually at the Burger Boogaloo in Oakland. And that was because John Waters introduced us as um, a, as being from Brooklyn instead of from so Philadelphia. So you were correcting that. Yeah. And I, to, I'm really bad at stage banter. But it became funny. It, I was, I mean, I was kidding. This man actually emailed. Like, I think it was, like, an old South Philly Italian head, like, was, like, you lost a fan that you said that mean stuff about Philly. I was, like, I all that stuff I was saying with complete, like, love and admiration. I, I completely <laughs> understand. What you were saying is that, like, Brooklyn's a, a totally different deal. We here in Philadelphia have to work for things. Yeah. We have to work harder for them. And so, therefore, there's a grittiness to everything we do and, and to hey. the way we look. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like... It's a. I hate it. I hate everybody because it's just like all the hottest people in the world all like moved to New York City, <laughs> and it's, it's, like I don't know. And then I was like, well, yeah. I said like we're like we're in Philly, we're hot. Like, but in New York, we'd be like, you know, uh, whatever. But I didn't mean it in like a. Yeah, it definitely was. It was a really fun time that, and I had it really. It was. It, it said so much, <laughs> and. There was so much authenticity yeah. with, with the banter. and it just, So you, you don't come up with some lines and no. go with it. You just, whatever. I really embedded it. And I don't, a lot of the time I say nothing and my band's just like, you need to talk three times. Like, <laughs> the, and the, like we're going to stop here to tune. Like, this is when you, and I'm just like, I don't, no, I don't want to. And then he'll, like, before we play, he's like, did you think of the things you're going to talk about? I'm like, no. Hey, it's like your homework. Yeah, yeah it's so stressful i'm just like i'm not a stand-up comedian i don't want to do this like i just don't have it i don't i want like the music just that's my like excuse i'm like you know i'm not a stand-up comedian the music speaks for itself like i just really like i'm on i don't know i need to just do it more i'm obviously good at we've been talking talking for, yeah. <laughs> and i'm good at talking with my friends and trying to be funny all the time but I'll give it's you some one-liners. Yeah. How about that? I'll write you some material. Yeah, I do. I need someone to write my material. I'm just like, I just get frozen. I'm just like, I don't know what these like, because I also mumble when I'm on the microphone most of the time. I'm trying really hard to do, when I try to like do a joke. I just like don't follow through. It's just like the wrong way. Talk to anyone about stand up. You need to think that you're funny for it to be yes. anyone else to think it's funny. How do you win over a crowd that you're up there and you're like, I don't think they dig this. I mean. It doesn't happen too often any 
anymore, and I, I never really remember it happening much until we went on tour with Power Trip. And now, for people who don't know, this is like a, a high-powered, thrashy metal band. Yeah. Like, they play fast music, they shout, and they scream, and, and a lot of critics love them. Yeah. Uh, they do an authentic version of, like, the 80s thrash, yeah. right? And they're, like, very good friends of ours, and we went on tour with them and two other bands for a bit, and it's just, like... They're, this is a band that plays with, like, Cannibal Corpse and, like, uh, just, like, people who, like, love metal and uh, just, like, very, like, they don't hard, have any hard music. Yeah. yeah. Which is some of that music I like as well, but these are people who, see, so yeah, they come from that, like, super metal, like, this is, they heard a power trip because they saw them at a fest with Anthrax and, mm. yeah, Cannibal Corpse and whoever else. And we're like oh, direct support, so we're opening right we're right before them, and all these people are leaning on the like the the barrier, like scowling at you, and they're just like, "What?" They have no idea what to do with me. So how did you get through that night? <laughs> it's it was a whole tour. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times we won people over, and it was cool. But sometimes, you know, there's like a person in the crowd pretending to shoot themselves uh, uh, while you're playing. And you see that, and you have to keep going. How do you block that out? I mean, I was just like, go to the, go to the bed. Like, also, I know you're a poser and, like, a dumbass. If you're standing, you can go to the front in between bands. You don't need to stand there the entire show. Like, you suck at this. If you're standing here for my set that you are literally, like, is killing you to watch, like, you can leave. Like, you can go get a drink. You can go. So you blow it off. I'm just like, sometimes I, <clears throat> I mostly blow it off, but sometimes I'll, like, yell at them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, get out. Like, go over there. Like, you are an idiot. Like, what are you doing? Or I'll just kind of like, I don't know. I, I do a lot of different things to deal with Sounds like it's all people. pretty spontaneous <laughs> and yeah. driven by whatever emotion is running through your head at the time. Yeah. It's really funny because a lot of the times it's kind of like people who aren't very intimidating or like or like they just kind of seem like they don't they don't like see a lot of live music doing those kinds of things. Uh, but then other times it'll be like a giant man with like a shaved head who looks like he's gonna like beat us all up. We'll just be like, I love your band so much. <laughs> and I'll be like, this weird guy's like near me. Like, what is he going to do to me? And then he's just like, I love your band. I'm so excited to people, see you. People don't always act the way they seem. Yeah. Right? Which is like, I mean, obviously, I I know this, but sometimes when there's like a giant, intimidating man like near me, like at, like doing the thing, but I just like don't... I'm really bad at knowing when people recognize me and, like, want to just talk to me. I'm always like, is this guy messing with me? Like, I have to punch this guy in the face? Like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> but it's just, like, someone who wants to be like, hey, I really like your music. I'm like, All right, see you later. What other Philly <laughs> bands do you really like? I know this is a blossoming music scene going on here. <sighs> what other Philly bands do I like? Um, I like all my bandmates have other bands. I love their bands, Grave Turner, uh, Kylan. Heart have kind of like a more metal band, or like, and Matt has a more power pop band called Smart Hearts. Uh, they have another band. I think they're kind of done. The, the, the guests is like a goth. Okay. 
band that they're also in. Uh, we're, it's all very incestual, the band members in in the specific scene. I mean, but there's lots of really cool bands uh, just, like, starting out. Uh, the Ire is a, is a really cool band that they actually opened up our show at Union Transfer the last time we played there. I-R-E, mm-hmm. the Ire. Um, I'm so, I, I get so, like, I go blank when this question arises. Me too. <laughs> where, where, what's, like, your favorite hangout place around Philadelphia? Where, where do you like to go? It's, you know, <laughs> there's, like, DIY, there's a certain, like, DIY, like, place we have DIY shows. That's, like, a bar in West Philly that... Almost every show is at. I don't want to blow up their spot, so I won't say the right. name. Well, you don't but have to. You don't want to <laughs> give out the secret. If I'm going out, it's probably there or, like, uh, where else? I mean, I don't know. I don't really go out that much in Philly because I'm never here. But if I'm going out, it's probably to the place where the DIY punk show is that weekend. Or, you fit in best there. Yeah. <laughs> Or, like, we've been having fires uh, since it got warm out down kind of by the Schuylkill and another spot that I can't, like, divulge because it's so probably not you know allowed. all the secret spots I know the here. secret spots. You're not There's even like, an a, a, a original <laughs> Philadelphian. <laughs> There's uh, this building that we're in also has, like, a lot of things, like shows and parties that I go to once in a while. And then we end up in here, and hence all the beer cans that we sure. moved before. Uh but yeah. <laughs> Tina Halliday, Sheer Mag, and you're going to Australia on Sunday. Good luck. Yeah. Make sure you eat well, get some rest. Do you do all that stuff on the road? Yes. You, you take care of yourself. I take care of myself. I try to. Because it's hard. Try, I'm actually the one who's been trying not to drink the most. So. Okay. And they're all like, "Why aren't you hanging out and partying with us?" I'm like, "I don't know. I just like need to not get sick and." Need to be able to play these yeah. one million well, shows in a row. This is the most important instrument for you, so yeah. you gotta keep that going. Best of luck with <laughs> Sheer Mag and its success, and you're making Philadelphia proud. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the True Philadelphia Podcast. No problem, anytime. Thanks to Tina Halliday. Good luck to her and the rest of the band during their tour of Australia. Thank you for listening to the True Philadelphia Podcast. And now another song from Sheer Mag's latest album, A Distant Call. This is the lead track, Steel Sharpens Steel. Stay true Philadelphia.